You'll never guess what happened to me this morning. I discovered my first grey chest hair. So I'm officially <gasps> a polar bear now. <laughs> I have official polar bear status. This is The Brunch. This is The Brunch. Please welcome Rob and the GDC. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Brunch with me, Rob, and the GDC. Coming up, we discuss Drag Race Down Under, look at rumours of who might be the new Doctor Who, but before that, we talk queer parenting with the host of the brilliant podcast, Some Families. So we've got some great guests coming up for you on the show, Stu Oakley and Lottie Jeffs, the hosts of Some Families, the UK's first queer parenting podcast. Now, gee... You uh, you bought this to the show because you you talked about it in Queerly Loves a few weeks back. We were talking about it this morning, um, so I thought we have a little chat about about parenting and children. Uh, it's quite strange because I don't think we've ever really had the conversation other than you talking about the podcast. So I've gone, oh, yeah, it's obviously something that you're you're you've taken an interest in and and are thinking about. Like, is that fair to assume? Well, listen, um, my my eggs aren't getting any younger. <laughs> It is the first comment. In all seriousness, um, I love a podcast. I do lots of walks, and and seeing this, some families really piqued my interest. And um, the honest answer is yes. It's it's very much been on my mind for the last couple of years. But I don't. I hadn't. I hadn't gone down the route of how would I want to become a parent. You know, it's sort of musings in my head. But I haven't done. I haven't gone down the research path yet. I knew that I. I did definitely set in my head a timeline of before I'm 45 I would like to have become a parent you know I've got one sister who's got three children the eldest is 18 that's right I've got an 18 year old niece (laughs) shocker and my other sister who just had a baby last year a lovely little boy who's six months old so I've I've always we've always had kids in our close-knit family and a lot of my friends have obviously had children but I think when you're when you're a gay man and a single gay man I guess you 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 think that maybe you're going to go down a normal traditional route of meeting somebody and falling in love and getting a house together and maybe then getting married and you know sure it's it's I guess the standard dream for heterosexuals that I I would apply to myself because I'm an old romantic and I always thought that would be the path and in all honesty having got to the age I am turning 40 in lockdown last year having become a nice flat owner in the last two years which I'm really thrilled about my next logical step in my head is Okay, how am I going to go about becoming a parent? And um, stumbling across this podcast has been just an absolute amazing resource for me because it's teaching me things that I haven't really thought about. Well, I guess the first lesson that you like the, for me that I'm reading into what you've just said is like you know the the being given kind of permission almost to to pursue that dream of becoming a parent and not thinking that it has to fall in this order of things that you've ticked off and that those things have to happen in that sequence. And that's, that's, um, you know, that's, that's kind of nice to hear because I think it's really important to understand that you don't, you know, you can, you can do it your way. And if that's something that you want to do, you shouldn't let the other things that you kind of have perceived or people have made you feel need to be ticked off, stop you getting to the point you want to get to. Um, I completely agree with you. And I think irrespective of whether, you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, homosexual, heterosexual, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think the thing is there is an immense um, society pressure to do those things in a strategic tick box route. I think we're, we're, we're conditioned very early on to believe that, 
well, this is how it happens. You meet somebody and you fall in love and then you start creating uh, a home and a life for yourselves and you go down the marriage and kids route. And the reality is, particularly now, that's just not what most people are doing. Yeah. People are becoming yeah. parents or having relationships in all manner of different ways. And I, I had to take the pressure off myself because it, it was a lot of pressure. You, you get it even as a single person when people say to you, oh, seeing anybody at the moment, like, like it's my number one priority in my life to meet somebody. Or, you know, it's, I, I've, I've sort of learnt over only really the last few years to remove those pressures and outside expectations of what I think my life should be according to other people and just decide what my priorities are now at any given time. And it's, believe me, it's taken me about three years to come to realize that that's how I'm now going to move forward. And yeah. That's exactly why, that's why, um, you know, shows like Some Families are actually really important and they're doing a a great service really to, to the community by bringing these conversations forward and, 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 and kind of giving you access to hear from other people in a similar position and what they've done, um, which is not which is not so readily available when you're in the position you're in. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if, like you say, if you're, you know, a, a straight couple and you're looking at having children, uh, then, you know, every book shelf in, a, in WH Smith, every magazine rack, every TV show, uh, you're bombarded with information and and encouragement and how to's and that's not necessarily so easy to find uh, as a queer person. I think that's, that's why this, this show is, is so valuable. Um, I, I mean, even just kind of you bringing that to my attention and us the, the interview, doing the interview in the week, um, has just, has made me think a lot about it. Um, and I'm, I'm, but I'm very much in a, I don't, I don't really know is the answer. Um, <laughs> having spent the day with my niece and nephew yesterday, which I absolutely loved, and I love being Uncle Rob, it's it's quite tiring. Uh, it takes quite. I'm just not sure I've got the energy, to be honest. Um, and uh, and that's that's you know I think one of the advantages of not having the the pressure is to be able to go okay, yeah, yeah, you you guys do that, <laughs> and I will enjoy being Uncle Rob and having fun and playing and you know, bringing presents and it being exciting. And, you know, after what, about six hours, you can have them back. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> when they don't want to eat their dinner and they don't want to sleep and they wake you up in the middle of the night. Um, I'm going to go home, watch In for a Penny with Stephen Mulhern, have a Chinese and go to bed. Um, so like that's, that's me being totally honest. Like I, I love some of the idea of having children, but I've got the luxury of being able to kind of, choose which is kind of the same thing as you were talking about making choices more deliberately than perhaps other people do and and uh yeah i'm just not i'm not i think you know luke and i have talked about it and both of us are sort of like yeah maybe one day but not not right now so i get and that's what's important is having those open discussions whether it be with partners whether it be with your family members or friends and i think the difference between you and me chiefly is i've been an uncle for 18 years you know, I've got an 18-year-old niece. I've got a 14-year-old niece. Um, uh, I've now got two nephews. And I, I've, I've been around it for quite a long time. And it, it was always, it was it was never a question that I wouldn't become a parent. I guess it, not knowing the route it was going to go down was the thing. And I think what some families has done for me is just opened my eyes in so many different pathways and channels and hearing people talk about their experiences and um, 
has not put me off. No. Hurrah. No. I mean, you definitely <laughs> it's cha- actually inspired me. You've definitely changed a lot more nappies than I have. This is The Brunch with Rob and the GDC. Time now for some guests on The Brunch. Now, Stu Oakley and Lottie Jeffs are the hosts of Some Families, the UK's first LGBTQ plus parenting podcast, which aims to support families and answer questions for those curious about queer parenthood. A very good morning, Stu and Lottie. Thank you for joining us. Morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Good morning, Queerly. Uh, How are we feeling this morning? I think if you ask anyone that's a parent of a toddler how they feel in the morning, the answer is probably not at their prime. But I'm sure. um, surviving, <laughs> yeah, gets better throughout the day. Good to hear. Now, can I start by just asking you both, what are your day jobs and how did you both meet? Well, I am a journalist and a magazine editor and I'm currently working at Elle magazine. I'm also an author and a podcaster, I guess. I'd say that was my, my day job now. Stu? Yeah, I'm a film publicist, uh, so I work in the film industry and I worked for a long period of time at Disney. Um, And when I was at Disney, I met Lottie just through the publicist-journalist relationship. uh, There's a few things we were working on together when Lottie was at Elle. Um, And that's how we met, really. Um, And Stu, what what is your family situation? Because we're going to come on to talk, obviously, about some families. So what is your family set up? So I am a adoptive... Um, I'm a, 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 I've adopted three children. I'm an adoptive father with my husband, John. Um, we adopted our first two children back in 2018. And then we had a surprise addition to the family, um, our youngest, in uh, December 2019. And what about you, Lottie? What's your, what's your family set up? So I live in London with my wife, Jenny, and we have a, a two going on three year old um, who is fabulous and we adore her. Um, and she was carried by my wife, um, and yeah, I'm I'm her mum too. So I absolutely love some families. I I listened to so many episodes and laughed and cried with your guests. I love the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it really is fantastic. And I, uh, tell me who came up with the idea initially, and then how how did it come to fruition? Well, there was obviously a gap in the market because nothing like it existed, which really is just baffling because so many LGBTQ plus people are having children and looking for information and there's so little information out there and so few resources to help you even understand like what do you do when my wife and I first started thinking about having children we literally had to google how do two women have a child and the information we found online was like really had to decipher it. It was difficult. So actually, Stu and I were approached by a production company called Story Hunter with the idea. And as soon as we sort of started speaking with them and developing the idea together, we just felt like it was so true to us as something that we would do and just so needed by the community, I think. To what what stages were you both at in terms of parenting at that point? I mean, did either of you have kids? Yeah, we both had children at that point. Um, Lottie had a daughter and I had our first two, or my daughter and, and our son. And then throughout the, the process of the first series, the, my third child came into the mix. So I was able to talk about that during our kind of first season and the, the journey. We use the word journey a lot on some families, but we do. it was the journey, a bit too much. We need some different words for journey. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it was uh, during the first season that, um, that my journey kind of changed. But both of us, and that's why I think is, is has worked really well, and why Lottie and I have really bonded over the show, is that we, even though my children are slightly older than Lottie's um, daughter. Uh, we both became parents at roughly the same time. So when we started recording the podcast, we were at the same kind of, I'm going to use it again, journey um, <laughs> in our in our parenting lives, as it were. And I think that was a nice way that we bonded through the show and, and became friends through that as well. Have you found there any recurring misconceptions or judgments that uh, LGBTQ plus parents face, either from your own experiences or those from the guests that you've had? I think the most overwhelming thing that we've we've learned from all of our guests is that they may have had worries or concerns before going into it, but once they were parents, you just get on with it and those things don't kind of come, you don't have time to have the same kind of anxieties. And actually everyone has just been, it's even people who have had very difficult experiences in whatever respect, the amount of positivity and love and joy and just relishing the opportunity to be a parent. I think that's the thing that has really come through more for me. I, we've not really met anyone who's really struggling with homophobia or, you know, any kind of discrimination. Yes, there are pockets of discrimination, of course, and we've spoken to people who have campaigns and are trying to sort of change the law. But in terms of the everyday experience, I would say most people are just incredibly upbeat and happy that they're that they have the family that they always dreamed of i've got to talk about aunt sally discussions because these make me howl with laughter and equally horrify me some of them um could you just explain to the listeners who maybe haven't listened to your podcast what these are and any that have really stuck with you yeah aunt sally was a kind of character we cooked up in when we were first doing some of the records of the of the first season we were like it's those moments of prejudice that you suddenly face at those unexpected moments in time and so aunt sally kind of is that person i think lottie you described her once as like the the person that comes up to you at a wedding with a half half empty glass of warm white wine and <laughs> and starts breathing all on you being like oh and ask just asking the most impertinent and just random questions that you're never quite really ready for um so we always ask our guests like what are their aunt sally moments and it's you know a lot of the time it's somebody you know in a shop or it could be an actually it's come up a few times somebody like a nurse or somebody from the nhs that has made you know a various comment um love the nhs of course but um i think there's you know without going too deep into it there's a lot of more training that potentially needs to be done in terms of language and um inclusivity from a queer parenting point of view but anyway that aside aunt sally is that that person sometimes her intent isn't isn't bad or malicious it's just they're curious but it comes out in sometimes completely the wrong way so one of the worst things she could say is like who's the real mum or someone hasn't said you know, that to you please tell me someone hasn't actually said that i to can you. be honest and say nobody has actually ever said that to me okay so that's but we have spoken to people really... who have said that that has been said yeah and exactly I, and... other people have said have said yeah that. and like one of my favorite aunt sally moments happened to me is when 
my husband and I went to a national trust once and we got the classic oh is it mum's day out mum's having mum's gone shopping has she you know dad's dad's out with the kids and it's like mm, okay <laughs> do we do we even bother it's just with this? yeah you just kind of just ignore them and just move on but it's you know which and it also it uncovers like so much and we talk about it a lot on the show about the whole stereotypical maternal and mother um uh, associations and actually how damaging it is just even for from from a heterosexual point of view and from a um uh, from women being always associated as being the caregivers you know you, you mm. see that really come to the forefront when you're a gay father do you do you think they there could be more done to normalize he says inverted commas uh, lgbtq plus parenting in that regard you know uh, how do we how do we promote it more and reduce the stigma so that people aren't coming up to two males and going mums are not here well i think it's going to be a long process but we're starting it and that's a good thing so I think children's books and picture books are a great resource and just making sure that you're not just preaching to the converted and that actually um, heterosexual cisgendered quote-unquote traditional families are buying these books for their children just as much as queer families and that that they're stocked in libraries at school that we're seeing representation on um, children's television um, in the media that people are just talking about it more open and honest and and we have a duty as well as lgbtq plus parents to be open and honest with people that we meet in the street around our children because we are educating people just through our very act of existing so i think it will take time but you know if you think of how far we've come with just acceptance of sexuality for example in the past 20 years and seeing gay characters on television and children understanding what gay people are i think you know hopefully um queer parents will be the next the next thing i just love the amount you're educating and stirring so many emotions but like making me think about other things that i would never even think about to do with uh parenting in our community but i also love that even listeners who are not in the lgbtq plus community could listen and learn so much it'd be so valuable for them and i'd i'd urge anybody to listen and speaking of which where can people listen to the podcast some families please (laughs) you can listen wherever you get your podcasts so we're on apple spotify acast um everywhere but if you go to somefamiliespod.co.uk then you will find links to everywhere that you can listen and i think you can listen back to past episodes there as well um, I can't thank you both enough for coming on this. I've, I've stressed it already, but I've, I've loved listening to your podcast. Wow. I, love, I love that you guys, though, keep it... It's very conversational and relaxed, and you, you t- it's all warts and all as well, you know? It's all the good <laughs> and the bad with, between yourselves as well as with your guests. And I, I just... Uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to... Oh, well, thank you for having morning. us, and thank you for doing what you're doing as well. It's, yeah, thank you. It's Loving great. Queerly Radio. Thank Thank you, GDC. uh, You're more than welcome. Thanks so much. And enjoy the rest of your day with the kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Lottie, we've got to get back to them. (laughs) (laughs) This is The Brunch with Rob and the GDC. In the news this week, a drag race down under is coming very soon to Down Under and BBC Three here in the UK. They've confirmed the lineup for some of the guest judges. And uh, no great surprise, Kylie Minogue has been confirmed as being among those people and i thought 
Has anyone ever felt more of an obligation to say yes to a job than Kylie Minogue getting that phone call? <laughs> like, imagine if she'd just been like, what, "What could she say?" Yeah, like, oh, actually, I don't. I'm not really into any of that. Don't, I don't fancy it. Sorry, bye. Like, <laughs> just disappointing the, the world. community gasps. <laughs> Shock um, horror. Yeah, so she's on there. She is on there as a, you know one of the the judging panel. Danny Minogue also taking part. She's doing the untucked bit, um, sort of the the. I suppose that's like the ITV2 part of Drag Race, is it? I think that's my understanding. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Um, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, <laughs> that's mean. Why have they done that? It should be, well, they should have done it the other way around. Well, I, that's things prob- up. Yeah, it's probably actually a, a bigger job and a proper presenting job, isn't it? Which Danny's got a bit more experience in. So both of them are on there. Um, yeah, and some other names. Well, yeah, yeah, do you follow it religiously? Do you follow because obviously there's a lot of drag races now. No, 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 no. I mean, we talked about this before. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't watch it. I have nothing against it. I know people absolutely love it, which is why we're talking about this down under variant. But um, yeah, so that anyway, as far as I know, that's coming soon. It's going to be on BBC Three here. So, drag race news, hot off the press. Kylie doing it whether she wants to or not. This is The Brunch with Rob and the GDC. So uh, I was going to have a chat with you about this big first birthday show we've got coming up in a couple of weeks. Yes. And, um, and I'm looking, I'd really like to get like a really big guest on. Um, and I've I made a bit of a list. Uh, I've crossed out Harry Styles because of that. Um, what? Res- well, that restraining order he's got against you after the persistent Instagram messaging around Christmas time. Um, well, Harry, if you're listening, can you just like lift the order, lift the restraining order? Like all is forgiven. Like just get on the show. <laughs> just come on the show. I don't. I don't think you have to forgive him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, Gabriella Chilme, she's out after that chat I had with her about scented candles on Twitter. Oh, yeah. She's ghosted me. Um, from what I can tell, we're pretty much left with uh, just Chris Maloney, who was on X Factor once. I think he follows us. Follows us on Twitter. So we're busy. Yeah, so we, I mean, I've got a bit of work to do. I love that you're excited. (laughs) What? Um, (laughs) Not Chris Maloney. If you're listening. Yeah, morning, Morning, Chris. Chris. Sorry, we're not, we're being mean. Um, I'm sorry. Morning, Chris. Anyway, so I've got a bit of work to do in terms of landing the big guest. Um, And I don't think. have some connections. Well, I was going to ask you, but who's the most famous person you know? Well, I could obviously pull some strings and get H on the show. H? I think he blocked me on Twitter once for, for a beef. Oh, no, you mean the other one, don't you? Not Steps. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I'm H. going line of duty on yes, you. Yes, of course. Mysterious well, H. Well, fella, um, if you could do that, that would be, that would be wonderful um, and quite, quite the booking for us. Oh, I'd love Adrian Dunbar to come on the show who plays um, Hastings. Do you think, I just think, oh, think he'd go oh. for this? I mean, he, he did have I Got News For You the other week, so maybe he might be an option. Um, it's I'm, a natural step from Have I Got News yeah, For You to Clearly yeah, Radio. Yeah, uh, all the way up the brow, high brow to higher brow here on The Brunch. Um, Bent I was, coppers uh, have never taken on any other meaning. <laughs> <laughs> we love a bent copper around here. <laughs> Um, like focus. This is really. This is very important. Um, Who do we I'm, know? Well, we need some celebs. I really. I don't really know any any famous people. 
Um, Who lives around your neck of the woods? There must be some celebs in your neck of the woods. Yeah, there's a few. Debbie McGee, she's down the river. (gasps) Um, Debs. Morning, Debs. Perhaps perhaps I could uh, wave to her. On the from the river up the garden and see if she'll she'll come on. Although she does, she works for another radio station, so she might be out. Might be a oh, competition yeah, thing. Uh, who else local to me? Um, Carol Decker from Tapau. Uh, yeah, yes. see, see her in town feeding the ducks sometimes. So I could could ask. See if she's she, got to her one day. Come on, she might make us do a Tapau special and uh, only play her songs for our first birthday. I don't think we want that. China in your hand. Yeah, but then where do you go after that? Um, <laughs> stuck. Uh, I wondered if anyone uh, out there listening might be able to help us out. Uh, who is the most famous person you know or regularly encounter? Um, they might shop in your local co-op often and you might see them in there. Um, or even if you do happen to just pass a famous person on the street in the next... <laughs> seven to ten days um just ask them see if they'll come on our radio show uh if you so if you've got a famous friend who would be willing to come on our first birthday special uh perhaps get in touch on twitter at queerly radio or you can email if this if you're really serious send a business email the brunch at queerly radio.com um otherwise you mean business i'm i'm uh what did i say Oh, I mean business, yeah. Um, yeah, you mean business. Get in touch officially. And if you're a celebrity listening, Harry Styles, um, <laughs> you, you can get in touch with us. And if you're the Met Police listening to monitor the GDC's <laughs> movements, just ignore this bit of the show. Um, all right, well, we'll go away and work on it and hopefully um, bring a big name guest uh, to our first birthday party, our official first birthday party show which is in two weeks' time on um, on May the 9th. Um, yeah, get in touch if you know anyone, anyone at all, anyone famous, at Quilly Radio on Twitter, because um, we're frankly, we're desperate. This is The Brunch with Rob and the GDC. Ollie Alexander from Years and Years uh, in the news mm-hmm. this week. He was on The One Show because he's promoting his new single star, Struck. Um, and he was quizzed about some rumours uh, that he might be the new Doctor Who. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, how was? How did he respond? Because I've not uh, seen said interview. According to the article I read, he responded coyly and giggled. Um, neither confirm nor deny said rumor. I think that would be great. I think he'd be a brilliant doctor. I think that's great casting, especially like off the back of it's a sin and and where his profile is at. I think that's a really good idea. You look yeah, hesitant. I, I, I'm not so sure. I. There's a danger, isn't there, when somebody's on the up, that suddenly they go everywhere and they're doing everything and then everyone gets a bit bored of them. Yeah, I guess, but isn't that what... That's like what fame is, isn't it? It's, it's unavoidable if you're flavour of the month, week, year, whatever. Uh, you're well, gonna well, get I have jobs. definitely struggled. I've really struggled <laughs> with it the, the last year. <laughs> My notoriety. I have to go out in dark glasses every day now because, you know, the paps are just waiting outside daily. It's just... The GDC, look here, GDC. Radio um, 2. Radio 2 are never off the phone, are they? Come, come on, come and do breakfast. We'll get rid of Zoe Ball. <laughs> we want the well, GDC. Also, well, that's it. They want me there. I turned down being Doctor Who. They are, they did ask. <laughs> so, you know, Ollie's, Ollie's a great second choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why he was slightly hesitant. He didn't want, you know, public backlash that, you, that they haven't gone for you. Um, all right. Well, we're getting a bit, we're getting, we're getting silly now. But yes, getting silly, um, I, I think from the reaction he gave, that may well have been a yes, but I can't tell you yet. So 
we will mm. wait and see. How interesting. Well, thanks. I love a bit of celeb gossip, yeah. rumour mill. Just Thank call, you. Call, just call me OK post. Magazine. Or okay, Rob. one of the lesser ones. Closer. <laughs> That's it for this episode of The Brunch. Don't forget to follow us wherever you're listening. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, why not leave us a review? Next week on the show, I'm joined by Kenny Fitzpatrick, host of Out Loud on Queerly Radio and the man behind the Q Review, a music project championing queer artists around the world. We've also got a Best of the Guests special on Queerly next Sunday at 10am. We'll see you then. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of Acast Recommends. While other political podcasts struggle to find their footing in covering the new administration, take a minute and check out Deconstructed from The Intercept. There's a reason The Intercept name is synonymous with no-holds-barred accountability journalism no matter who's in the White House. Check out our recent show in which we obtained exclusive audio of Senator Joe Manchin discussing the filibuster with wealthy donors, then asking them to dangle a post-retirement financial opportunity in front of a fellow senator to induce him to change one of his votes. Roy Blunt is a great, just a good friend of mine, a great guy, okay? That's Deconstructed at TheIntercept.com or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, A-cast. 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 A-cast.